God, well, there's, there's absolutely no question that we're in heavenly places today. And, uh, man, I just feel such a, a pure, a purity of God's glory in this place. If this is, if this is your home congregation, you are blessed. You are blessed. You probably already know that. But I just want to remind you, you're blessed. You are so blessed. And, uh, it is, it is really an honor for my wife and I to be here today. This kind of happened um, kind of unexpectedly. My, uh, my father just celebrated his 91st birthday. Yeah, and uh, my, uh, my wife and I met him yesterday in Sacramento. They drove up from Modesto and... Uh, and met him and had lunch, and I was supposed to do it on Friday, and we were just going to have uh, something to eat with him and then turn around and leave, but found out that Saturday was going to be better for them, and so I called uh, Brother Prado. I said, listen, we're thinking about coming over on Saturday, and of course, he was gracious enough to extend this invitation, and I already feel like I'm the beneficiary of being here today. I am telling you, I can almost prophesy about what God is going to do. Springing from this manger, there's great things that can change the world that come from little places. No, I believe that. Do you believe that? Praise God. Hallelujah. And so uh, we love Brother and Sister Prado so very, very much. They have been a blessing to the work of God around the world. And uh, Brother Prado is, has been uh, consistently one of the most impacting evangelists uh, in North America and particularly in the Northwest. In fact, we, we've known him before he was married and um, knew, I knew right from the, the start that God was going to do great things through this man and to see and to feel what we feel in this place. I tell you, I'm just... I'm just overwhelmed with what I feel in this place. So powerful. So powerful. Amen. It's good to have my friend Steve Vasconcellos. Yeah. 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 It was, uh, was on the airplane yesterday, landed in Seattle, and uh, there was a message on my phone from my friend Steve Vasconcellos that uh, he was just asking what I was doing. And I haven't talked to him in several months and told him I was going to be in Alameda today, and here he is. God knows what he's doing. It's time some of us just figure it out. God's in control. God is in control. The sooner you ex accept that, the sooner you can just get on down the road and be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Let's clap our hands one more time and give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, I hadn't seen Steve for many, many, many years. And I found out that he was in a neighboring city. I passed her in Spokane, Washington, and found out that he was uh, just across state line in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And uh, he ended up coming to our church on Sunday and was baptized in Jesus' name. There's no other name. Don't let anybody talk you out of that. There's no other name. It's not Buddha. It's not Buddha. 
It's not Mohammed, and I'm not throwing stones at anybody. But when we're talking about salvation, we've got to understand the Bible's right. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. He was baptized in Jesus' name, and uh, just a delight to have him. And uh, I'm gonna tr before this day's over, I'm going to try to talk him into making this his new church home. Do you think that's a good idea? I think that's a great idea. Why not? Why not? Hallelujah. Well, I do have something that I feel on my heart to share uh, with this congregation and to speak this. Sometimes uh, my wife and I went to, thank you, we went to Spokane uh, when I was 40 years old. I started a home missions church, had never been there in my life. I was actually born in Oakland, the only white guy ever born in Oakland. That was in the 50s. Of course, that's changed probably by now. I've lived all over uh, the Bay Area, and uh, but God called my wife and I to Spokane, Washington. I had never been there in my life. I did not know one person, and God spoke to us to go there, and uh, I learned early on to, when we brought people in, uh, like your pastor, the caliber of your pastor, even when there was a lot of empty seats, that they were speaking things into the spirit world. And that is a very important component to real revival because you're proclaiming what God, what God can do and what God is going to do. And uh, I'm believing that I'm in the Holy Ghost here today. And I'd like to draw your attention to the book of 1 Timothy. Do you have your Bibles with you? Please stand with us for the reading of the word of the Lord. It's also great, really, really, really good to see Sister Prado and... Uh, and their precious children, and to see uh, her sister and her parents and, and everybody, just to see everybody here today. Amen. Maybe if you don't have a Bible, maybe you could look on with somebody, and we're just going to look. This has actually started out as a Bible study, and, uh, and so we're just, we're just going to say a few things and then get out of the way and let God do what only God can do. First Timothy chapter number 1. And we're going to go to verse number 12. The Apostle Paul here writing to his son in the gospel. And he says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me for that he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry who was before. Everybody said before. Like everybody that comes to God, everybody has a before. Okay? Like I'm in this suit uh, I've, I've only been wearing suits for a little over 30 years. I used to wear rags. If anything at all, they were rags. I was a heavy metal guitar player. Uh, one of the places was right here in San Francisco. And uh, the less clothing that you wore, the better. Everybody's got a before, okay? This is the Apostle Paul who was before a blasphemer, that means to speak evil, and a persecutor, and injurious. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation 
that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern. Everybody said pattern. To them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. I want to talk about patterns of mercy. Patterns of mercy. Patterns of mercy. One more time. Could we lift our hands and our voices and just praise the name of Jesus? Father, we love you. We praise you. There's nobody like you. You're worthy of everything. Open up the eyes of the blind. Take away the covering from the human heart. Bind every foul agency that would hinder people receiving understanding and revelation in this place today. We ask it in the name above every name. The name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I know that I have, uh, I know I'm being redundant here. But I want to tell you that anything could happen. Anything could happen in this environment today. Anything. And when I say anything, I mean good. I mean good. I mean anything good could happen right now. And uh, we are so deeply enculturated with negativity. Um, you don't even have to look to the political world to receive negativity. It's all around us. You can see it in the gaunt, haggard faces of people that have lost all hope, that have lost any type of shred of belief that there is a different life than the life they wake up to every day. But I'm here as a testimony to tell you that anything is possible with God. Anything. And I mean good. I mean good. Praise God. In this very rare context that we're reading from here, we are seeing the Apostle Paul make a very rare glimpse of a reference of his life before Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul was raised uh, in a certain level of Jewish aristocracy. He was raised by going to the best schools. He was educated in the best places. The book of Philippians gives a full description of his pedigree and his upbringing. And he sat at the feet of, of the best that there was in, in Jewish culture. But yet you're seeing a very transparent self-analysis here of the greatest of all the apostles. When he says that before I came to this truth, I was a blasphemer, an evil speaker, a persecutor. I was injurious, but I obtained mercy. And he has a revelation of his life now, of the purpose of his life now, that is far beyond the revelations that he shares in the epistles that he has written. And he says this um, in verse number 16. He said, Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy that in me first. Everybody said first. 
if there's ever going to be a revival in your neighborhood, it has to start with one person. If there's ever going to be a revival in Alameda, it starts with one person. If there's ever a revival in your personal family, it starts with one person. There has to be one person. And the Apostle Paul has this revelation when he says that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter. Now, the reason why that's important to us is because every generation has to have a proper rendering of what God is able to do. The Bible said of David that he served his generation, and David, of course, was famous as, as a giant killer, and he became the most notable still to this day of all the kings in the nation of Israel. He was a, he was a psalmist. He was anointed to write, write psalms. He was a musician. He was a military genius with all of the, all the strategery that he brought into the military accomplishments. But David, although he was great and he was greatly used of God, he fell greatly. He fell greatly. He murdered one of his mighty men, and he committed adultery by taking his wife. And then for a year, he remained silent. But in his prayer in Psalm 51, he talked about God restoring him. Then, then, in verse number 13, then will backsliders be brought back to thee. David had recognized that his failure had purpose in that others could benefit from the whole dynamic of his life. And I know that, I know that when, we, when we look at the Word of God from an enculturated view, we have a tendency to cherry pick. I, I like this about a person's life, and I like that about a person's life. I want to tell you, God can use all of your life. God can use the mistakes. God can use the successes. God can use the triumphs, and God can use the tragedies. You might be thinking, I'm a mistake here today, but I'm going to tell you, God does a great job with mistakes and turns them into blessings. Clap your hands and give God the praise. And so the Apostle Paul is using this word pattern. Another word that we could use as the word pattern would be a sample, a prototype a copy, a replica. In, in other words, what God can do with the Apostle Paul, God can do for somebody else. And the Apostle Paul is bringing to the table not just that I got slain on the road to Damascus and God greatly used me as the apostle to the Gentiles to write some of the greatest revelations that are even found in the Word of God. That is not what the apostle Paul is talking about here. He is not talking about his achievements. He is not talking about being raised in a form of Jewish aristocracy and sitting at the feet of Gamaliel. He is talking about the things that I did wrong. See, as human beings... We all put on our very best to be here. But even in our very best, the Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. That clothing, those, that clothing is not going to stop God. He can see right through that. He can see where you were at last night. He can see where you was last week. Don't give up hope. Don't give up hope. Don't give up hope. The devil wants to remind you where you was last week. When he does that, remind the devil where he's going to be when this thing wraps up. Yeah. 
When the devil reminds you of where of where you was a month ago, you need to remind the devil, devil, you might have had me yesterday, but you can't have me today. I'm at East Bay Fellowship. I'm in the presence of God. God loves me. God's for me. God's with me. And I'm going to take God with me. Somebody clap your hands and give him praise. Praise God. The Apostle Paul, I know that this looks two-dimensional at this point, but we're getting ready to go to another level right now. And real preaching, and trust me, your pastor is one of the best, but real preaching is what we call revelatory, which means it transcends being 2D. When something appeals just to your intellect and to your mind, we're in the most educated society in the history of our world, but they have a tendency to view everything in the Word of God or everything about God in 2D, which means two-dimensional. But when you get into real Holy Ghost preaching, it goes into third dimensional. And it can even take you into the fourth dimension. Because you're in that type of an environment here. And the Apostle Paul is not just bringing to us a two-dimension revelation here. But look at what he says in the book of Galatians. In the book of Galatians, chapter number 1, he takes us to a whole other dimension. Verse number 13, because he says, For you have heard of my conversation... In time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. He's still, he's still continuing on the thought of what I was before I got to this. And profited in the Jews' religion about many equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. He was zealous about persecuting the truth, about coming against this. But when it pleased God, look at verse 15. This is the fulcrum. We're about ready to step into something deeper. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me. Now, it's, it's known by biblical historians that the apostle Paul was 30 years of age before he was knocked down on the road to Damascus. In fact, let's look at Acts chapter 9 and verse number 1. Just to give you an idea of really how bad this man was. And this is just a thumbnail sketch. And Saul, his name was Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went into the high priest. And you know the story. As he was journeying, thinking that he was doing the will of God, he got knocked off of his horse, and Jesus had a conversation with him. He was 30 years of age. But yet he said, I was called from my mother's womb. Could it be that God has his hand on a person and he allows them to live their life, go through tragedy, go through the mud, go through trial, go through tribulation so that God can use you as a pattern of mercy? Honey, it was not a mistake. God was there all along. You've been through a divorce. You've been cheated on. You've been, you've, you thought you were going to go to the psych ward. You thought you were going to have to go on prescription drugs. But you're here today. God says, no, 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 no. I only let the devil go so far because I've got a greater reason for you being here today. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Hallelujah. The apostle Paul recognized 
that even from my mother's womb, God called me to preach. I'm going to tell you, there's people sitting here today that knew that God was with you even as a child. But you didn't make your move. Why? Because God let you live a little bit of life. God let you go through some trials. God let you get into difficult situations. But you are sitting here today. Because if there's going to be revival in your family, God's got to have somebody. God's got to have somebody that says, you guys know where I come from. You guys know what kind of dope I was on. You guys know who I used to run through. But you're now a pattern of mercy. Let's lift our hands all over this building and give him praise. I adore you, Jesus. I praise you, God. 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 There's people that God has brought to this building today simply to hear this preaching today. If God is ever going to have a revival in your family and your, and, and your siblings are saved and your parents are saved and your aunts are saved and your grandparents are saved, he's got to start with somebody. He's got to start with somebody. And I'll admit, family is sometimes the most difficult people in your world to reach because they've seen all those trips you've been on. Oh, well, he's a hippie this year, and next year he's a Jesus freak. And they're thinking, man, how long is this trip going to last? How long is this new boyfriend going to last? How long is this new girlfriend going to last? I'm going to get somebody before I get out of here today. How long is this new thing going to last? And your new thing gets parked, and you got the same old, and they say, you know what? It's just the same old thing. I hope they find what they're looking for. But when you find Jesus, and it's under the blood, and it's new power, and it's fresh direction, and it's fresh purpose, you hang on and be consistent and stay submitted because your family is looking. Your family's looking for fruit. Your family's looking for evidence. I'm preaching to somebody today. Don't give up on your family. When they see the evidence and many infallible proofs, they'll be sitting here next year. They'll be sitting here five years from now. They'll be sitting in a bigger building than this because this is not going to stop. This is not going to contain this revival. But God's got to start with somebody that says, I'll be the pattern for those that are coming in the future. Every generation has got to have a proper rendering of what God can do. I thank God that God can save cowboys. I don't like horses. I thank God that God's moved in the Bible Belt for the first 200 years of this nation's history. But I don't live in the Bible Belt. I was born in Oakland. Lived all over the Bay Area. What the Bay Area needs is a proper rendering. To the Apostle Paul, he said, I'm a pattern of mercy. To the Apostle Peter, after his denial, he said, when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Use your pattern to be a strength to the ministry. 
to David. David said, now I'm going to win backsliders back to thee because now I know what it's like to be a backslider. Every single sector of our culture needs an accurate rendering of what God can do. Well, God can just do it for those people in the church. Honey, you don't understand. I wasn't always sitting in this church. In fact, I wouldn't even come to a church. In fact, if somebody showed up at my door handing a track, I'd have slammed the door in their face. In fact, my sister, who first got the Holy Ghost in Merced, California, just several blocks from here, we used to go to family gatherings for Thanksgiving and Christmas, and I I had bleached white hair down to here, stuck way up like this, like a hat, earrings everywhere, skin-tight pants. I looked like a freak. And I'd sit there and throw peanuts at her and tell her she looked weird. You look stupid. What are you doing? You're stupid. Here I am, full of cocaine and alcohol on my way to hell, telling her she's stupid. But several years later, somebody invited me to an apostolic church like this. I wasn't apostolic. I didn't even look it up in a dictionary. But what I felt in that building, I said, I have never felt. I've never felt God in my life. And I said, I found what I'm looking for. And God said, I had my hand on you when you were a boy. But I've let you go through drugs. I didn't let you die as an alcoholic. I didn't let you die when you was on drugs. I didn't let you die when you had hepatitis type B. I didn't let you kill when you robbed those people. You're going to be a pattern of mercy. Clap your hands and give God the praise. You are a pattern of mercy to somebody. There's somebody in your world that will never believe this until they see the pattern of what God can do. Let's just lift our hands and talk to Jesus right now. You're here today. There's no sense running anymore. God's going to raise up an accurate rendering of what only he can do in the 21st century. My dad is, was a financial man. He worked on, in fact, we were just talking yesterday. He used to take a train every day. He worked in, on Market Street, downtown San Francisco. And I was permanently kicked out of high school when I was 16 in my junior year. Mr. Goldstein and Mr. Peterson were more than happy to send me packing. I was a junior. I was forced to go in the military the day I turned 17. It was, the, it was the army or jail. Thank you. This was one of my best friends. You see, when God brings friends from your past, God's bringing them to you so they can see an accurate rendering. And he's looking at, he's been looking at me all morning saying, if God could do that for that guy, he's got a beautiful wife. I wonder if God could do that for me. God will do that for you.
We're living in a world where people don't know what gender they are. They're encouraged to have a confused gender. Spirit of insanity has moved into our world. You know, the tried and true Bible Belt examples of what God could do is not going to... And I'm not putting that down. I'm not putting that down. But we need an accurate rendering. There are people all around this church that God has intentions of bringing them into this to give to this entire region an accurate rendering of what I can do for the human race. Some of you are in this building this today in Jesus' name. Here a couple of years ago, um, we um, getting ready for Wednesday night Bible study, and I got a call from one of our ushers. He said, Pastor, are you coming to church anytime soon? I said, well, I'm getting ready right now. He said, there's a guy here looking for you. He wants, wants to talk to you. And I said, well, I'll be there in a little bit. Just tell him to hang on. And about 10 minutes later, the same usher called me back. He said, Pastor, he was visibly shaken. Are you, are you coming? I said, yeah, I'm, I'll be there in a few minutes. I walked in, and a man came up with the squeakiest, most effeminate-sounding voice. And I'm not throwing rocks at him, but he just did. He sounded like a woman. He said, I'm the drag queen of Seattle. He was a transvestite. He said, I want to be saved. Before the night was through, he went down in water in the name of Jesus Christ and came out of the water speaking in other tongues at the spirit of utterance. And such were some of you. The apostolic church is already designed. The DNA of the apostolic church is already designed to have people with tattoos all over, people pulling out their piercings, people that look different, people that come from different backgrounds. All of them are welcome because they are going to be patterns of mercy in the end time church. Patterns of mercy in the end time church. My family tonight or today is looking in this direction. My dad came and visited me about five years ago, and he saw the blessings of God in my life. I had never even held a job down. I didn't hold a job down until I got saved. I was 30 years old before I had a full-time job that I was committed to. I was 30 years old. I'd lived as a professional musician for years when I got out of the military on drugs, alcohol. Been an alcoholic since I was 19. And God did all that to show first my family. Your family is going to be the first perimeter of influence of what God can do. And there's somebody under the sound of my voice that was brought here today to begin your journey as the Apostle Paul to be a pattern of mercy. Let's lift our hands all over this room today. The devil's trying to say, you know what? You messed up. God already knows about your mess. God's ready to bless your mess. God's ready to say, I'm going to take that what the devil meant for evil, and I'm going to turn. 
we're going to turn that around and you're going to influence many to say God can still heal and God can still deliver and God can still bless and God can still raise up and God can still set me on a rock to stay and God can still bring me out and God can bring me up and God can put me up and pick me up and stand me up. Everything you've been through, part of that is by design and God's going to use it all. Let's lift our hands all over this building. In fact, let's stand to our feet right now. The Holy Ghost is moving in this building. In the name of Jesus, let God have you. Let God have you just as you are and say, God, from this moment forward, God, I've heard about the mercy. I rebuke shame. I rebuke condemnation. I rebuke fear that is not from God. Why don't you, if it's appropriate, why don't you just lay your hand on somebody's shoulder and let's pray one for another. There's a pattern here today that's going to change the direction of your family. It's going to change the direction of your coworkers. It's going to change the direction of your neighborhood. It's going to change the direction of the hood that you used to call home. Devil you might have had yesterday that you can't have this afternoon. You can't have it. It's over. It's over. It's over.
trying to figure it out. Only God can put purpose into the pain. Only God can make meaning out of your past. Only God. continue to pray. I don't feel like the Holy Ghost is done here this afternoon. Some of us are so caught up in yesterday and we're trying to figure out how did I let this happen and why did this happen and how could this have happened to me? God knows it all. Only God can bring meaning out of that. But you got to step on the Lord's side and begin to see that God was there. God was there when it happened. God was there when the abuse took place. Only God can bring purpose out of the pain. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You know, Pastor May, I don't know if you could help us, and I want us to all join together very quickly. But I want to pray for the Rocha family, amen. Uh, Sammy's here, Gabe, Sarah, come on up. I want to, you know, several months ago, God spoke to me, and God told me that 
he was going to do a work in the Rocha family. And God has been working. Uh, Brother Sammy Silva just started a church uh, about two months ago. And uh, he's had several family members praying through. And several of their family members have come here. And, uh, but I believe God's going to do something very special in the Rocha family. Hallelujah. Yes. I want us to lift our hands right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's been an attack coming against this family. Hallelujah. And we're going to pray for them right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, come on. Right now. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. God, we pray for the Rocha family. We pray for Steve Rocha right now. In the name of Jesus. God, let there be a mighty spirit of salvation. God, that would be poured out upon the Rocha family, God. In the name of Jesus. God, we pray right now in Jesus' name. God, I pray for Sarah and for her mother. I pray for her brothers and her sisters. I pray for her father in the name of Jesus. God, I pray in the name of Jesus. So still moving. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord a great big hand praise. Hallelujah. 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 Look at your neighbor and say, you are a pattern of mercy. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're part of that pattern. Come on, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Jesus. God is working in this house. Oh, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes. 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 Yes.